Pixwise is the number one app for sports betting picks, helmed by a team of trend watching, data devouring sports fanatics, giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in depth analysis on every game, all for free. Found your pick? Search the latest sports book promotions to sign up for an account, compare the odds, and finally, place your bet. Download the free Pixwise app now to make your next bet better. Pixwise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. I moved from Nebraska back east, and uh, it's not exactly fun and exciting part of the country. So we'll be going through Nebraska, I think through Nebraska, through Iowa. Illinois, Indiana, Ohio. So, not exactly. You know. Hey, come on! <laughs> you got the RV, the the RV Hall of Fame. Oh in yes, Indiana. In Indiana. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's Elkhart, good Indiana. What's interesting? RV is, Hall uh, of Fame. Elkhart. Oh, you know what? You know what else is in Elkhart, Indiana? Is the um, the Bach, the uh, the the Bach Stradivarius factory, which is a really famous uh, trumpet maker. My my trumpets are Bach trumpets. They're also in Elkhart, Indiana. So that's hilarious. Exactly. Yeah, but Elkhart's not known for trumpets. They're known for RVs. So they're known for trumpets. What's that, Colin? It's a Big Ten country. Big Ten country. Yeah. Um, you know, really, really weirdly, um, not eighty ninety across the northern part of uh, Indiana, Indiana, but. Um, when I used to have to go to Illinois all the time for work across Southern Indiana, um, from like Dayton, you know, 70 runs through state from like Dayton to, uh, like, um, Terre Haute. And there's this one spot where there's tons of billboards and it's for this giant RV dealer just called Tom Raper. And literally there was like eight billboards in a row of like, go see Tom Raper for a great deal on your RV. And it's like Tom Raper, Tom Raper, Tom Raper. <laughs> like, and I just can't like, Holy shit, man. Like if you name. got a last name, like Raper, you gotta, you probably just gotta own it. You gotta just own it and name. just go fucking overboard. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I would, I would change it, but other places but. In, in Indiana own it. Like, um, in, in even further. So just across the river from Louisville, there's this giant billboard for butt drugs. It just says butt drugs. Oh my God. Um, and it's a it's a small town pharmacy. For our, everyone listening, just watch. It's like the campiest, low budget shot with a Super Eight camcorder type uh, YouTube video. But it's great because they just they just lean right into the whole thing. Just come visit Butt Drugs for all your all your the medicine you need at Butt Drugs. Oh, that's amazing. That is so good. <laughs> wow. Uh, what are you drinking, Ethan? Fathead's Headhunter that Matt gave me. Hell yeah. And it's really West good. West Coast. You don't, yeah. I mean, I know you don't like West Coast, but. This is fucking good, though. I don't love West Coast, but this one's, like, really well balanced. The West Coasts that I don't like are the ones that are just, like, all about the bitterness. Yeah, that's um, I mean, that one's still pretty bitter, but you got a nice like, a nice fruit fruit backbone to it, too. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't, it's it's bitter, but doesn't. Uh, it's aggressively, it right? Yeah, that's Aggressive what they say. And unrefined. Right. Aggressively, aggressively hopped. Is what it says, um, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't seem overly bitter to me. I don't know if it's like um, piney, maybe that's like part of it too. But it's, but it's, uh, yeah, it's like it's balanced. It's good. Kyle, what do you got? My dad left this for me at the beach house. It is from Westbrook Brewing Company. It's a pina colada shake IPA. Ah. 
Westbrook's down in uh, South Carolina. They're 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 damn tasty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's different. I, I wouldn't say I I love it. I'm not huge on pina coladas, but I'll drink if, it. If you want like a traditional, not fruit sour, just like a like what a sour should be. Westbrook makes a goza or a goza, however you want to pronounce it. Which for those of you, it's a it's a sour German wheat beer that's got sea salt added, um, and or maybe it's not wheat. It's a sour German beer with sea salt. Maybe wheat, maybe not. Um, but Westbrook just Westbrook makes one of the finest iterations of it out there. It's really good. It's just tart and crisp and light, and it's a really good summer beer. Oh man, like it was one of those I used to buy a six pack whenever I saw it in the store. Um, uh, just a really, really, and then they put like variations. Like they they sold a lime one, and then they sold a lemon a lemon meringue one, and it was just uh, it was it was really well done. I got um, Chicago area Dovetail Brewing Vienna Lager. I kept it light tonight. Um, nice, nice, nice amber hues. Nice crisp on the palate. <laughs> so why why do you two? I never really got into this, but both. You two drink out of glasses all the time. What's what's the difference? Like, why don't you just drink it straight out of the can or the bottle? I mean, do you want like the the really frou frou answer? Well, I want to know both of your reasons. I, I, I want to really reasons. I have my reasons, but I want to hear the really frou frou answer. I mean, yeah. the 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 knock on uh, cans is that you get an aluminum flavor with it. So um, the way it. Um, that's that's one of the knocks. That's why, like, if you guys remember when Sam Adams came out with cans for the first time, they had the really goofy lip that was supposed to help it like cascade off the can into your mouth, and you wouldn't get the yeah. aluminum flavor. Yeah, yeah. The other part is uh, for a lot of craft beers, the aroma is a really really big part of the flavor. Um, so without with it, with it in a can, you're not getting the aroma, and that's especially with hoppy beers. Especially with hoppy beers, it's a really big part of the overall flavor that you taste now um, that's it, it's weird because you have some pretty stark um, kind of like opposite example, like the king of uh, IPAs out there, you know, the longtime standard alchemists, uh, Hedy Topper says drink from the can. Um, and I'm not quite sure why, why they say that other than, like on the can, it says, you know, we did, we put a lot of work getting all the hops into the can. We don't want you pouring it out into a glass, drink right from the can. But uh, in most cases, they say you want that, that aroma, you want that part of the experience of the beer. So you're talking about like you. the flavor of the beer, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It, but not, nothing to do with like, you don't lose any carbonation when you pour it out or anything? No, no. If you pour I it correctly, obviously. I still have a nice head. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for me it's the aroma. That's that's the main reason. Yep. And that's yeah, that's really it. Okay. Well, I, yeah. I'll try. I'll try it next week. Uh, I mean, I'll it also it. makes dishes. So there's nothing wrong with drinking from a can, especially if you want like I don't know, you go to the beach and you want a portable, easy to drink can that's not glass that's not going to cut yourself. So right, right. Um, you know, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that either. I don't. Did you? Did either of you guys watch Parks and Rec? Yes. There's Love okay, it. so so Billy Eichner plays that character Craig, yeah, and he yeah. like freaks out all the time, right? So there's this one bit where he's like training to become a wine sommelier, and he like he's like freaking out as he's always freaking out, and he's like, he's at Tom's restaurant. He's at Tom's restaurant. He's like, yeah. smell is ninety percent of taste, maybe ninety five. <laughs> and so like that's what I think of uh, with with this is you know 
smell smell is part of a, is an important part of taste. Man, the image need to freeze when we put this episode up is Ethan like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, scare, scare totally. away uh scare away our remaining um two and three quarters <laughs> listeners hey we're we're growing all right we're growth growing, takes okay. time it takes mm-hmm. time we're getting there mm-hmm. <laughs> all right i got some topics for you guys uh we can get in topics and then i figure we can do at least one if not both mailbags after okay okay cool. what do you guys have anything before i dive into my things Man, if you guys ever get a chance to go to the fancy seats at Yankee Stadium, do it. It did look amazing. Yeah, oh, so man. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. Matt went to the worst Yankee game of the year. But, yeah. Yeah, seriously. but I had the best experience. Um, <laughs> I, I was po- I don't know why. Maybe it was because it was Labor Day or maybe because it was the Blue Jays. I don't know. But I was poking around online and found Legend Suites tickets for like a third of the normal price. Um, so I jumped on them. And oh, my goodness. Like. I can tell you why those seats are empty most of the time. It's because everyone's inside stuffing their face and getting booze and free food. Um, the place was incredible. I had the tenderest, thickest cut filet mignon <laughs> before the game. It did look With great. roasted vegetables and potatoes. My brother had really good-looking sushi. They had just a mountain like a foot and a half tall mountain of lobster tail just like oh come get your lobster tail i had oreo pancakes they had uh like a fancy mediterranean olive bar they had um a huge pasta station they had wild caught halibut from from that day's you know market they had all of this nut stuff and that's just upstairs and you like we had we were seated like within, it felt like a cruise ship actually within like two seconds of being seated, like a gentleman walked over and was like, your waters and just like set water down on the table. <laughs> um, the only thing we had to pay for was booze. Um, but like we finished there, we finished upstairs with all these fancy tables and bars and food. Then you walk downstairs and it's the same spread. Plus on both sides of the, of the room, they've got like on the left is all of your fancy ballpark food. So burgers, hot dogs, sliders, pulled pork, pizza, Popcorn, chips, pretzels, uh, chicken tenders, French fries. On the right side, oh, like there's a giant dessert stand with fancy macaroons and cake pops and ice cream and all this nuts and and the fanciest bathrooms ever been in a stadium. And you again, you just walk, you walk around and just pick up what you want. Um, You get towards the door, past the ice cream stand, and it just says candy wall. And there's free chips and peanuts and candy and an ice cream cooler and popcorn. And uh, then you walk outside and lining the entire, like every section, there's a giant cooler filled with ice with uh, soda and bottled water and fizzy water. And you just, just walk down. Oh, I guess I want to, I guess I want a Pepsi, like free. Even though if I go five feet to my right in the little plebeian section, you, that same Pepsi is going to cost you nine ninety five or whatever it is because you know whatever. But oh my goodness, uh, it was awesome. It was well, really cool. You said the key word experience. So if Hal Steinbrenner is listening to this, he's going to be thrilled because that's according to the research of my book, which I will shamelessly plug. That okay. is what that is what that is what he cares about. Just as yeah, much as a winning product. That's why there's no one in the seats though, because everyone's inside. You know, right. there's a bar that's like, like a hundred feet long inside with just TV, 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 TV. Like, um, oh man! And then, and then the lady right before I left, I went back inside before they shut all the stands down, and I got like, I got my sister-in-law, 
some like hummus and falafel and pita bread. And then I walked over and got um, got pizza for myself. And I walked back to the lady and she gave me some buffalo chicken tenders for my brother. She's like, ah, what's the score? And I was like, ah, man, they're losing three nothing. She's like, man, they better win. If they don't win, I won't cook them good food tonight. And just like sauntered along on her way. And I was like, you know, she might actually be cooking tonight for them. They probably get the similar spread that we yeah. do after the game. So oh, that's true. Holy crap. It was so much fun. But anyway, that's my little breathless. It was a crappy baseball game. The, no one walked. Uh, they, I mean, the fucking most exciting part of the game was Anthony Rizzo's bunt single. Um, <laughs> Geo, Geo, two balls. Two uh, Glaber booted one. Um I mean, they let off the game with back-to-back homers. Blue Jays did, and they were all of the Blue Jays homers were cheapies, but they count the same. Um, I, I Brooks Kriska should Krisky should not be on the roster. Um, and and I Gallo. what? And your <laughs> boy Gallo, Golden Sombrero, uh, lowest OPS on the team right That's now. That's amazing that the game you went to, yeah, the Golden Sombrero. No, no, Three of them looking. That that, that is. Yeah, three of them looking, and that's a high probability with him. Come on, <laughs> and and I will I'll throw this out there maybe for later discussion. The Yankees are a better team with either Velasquez or Wade in the lineup. I think I mean it was it was bad. Uh, Glaber looks terrible. Uh, Geo looked He's a little bit better at the plate, here. but with two errors in the field, that was that was frustrating. Um, it was bad. I mean, he, he, I can't even. I, I want to rag, rag on so many other people, but like at least Gary had some good at bats. Um, at least Rizzo got on base when they needed to. Uh, Brett got on base. DJ got on base. But uh, they looked like the plotting team from 20 games ago, where uh, the big bats, when they're silent, it's deafening silence. Um, and then, you know, we only got one bat at bat out of Luke, Luke Foyt late in the game. And it was, uh, I think, a, a foul out, maybe. Like, you know, I can't remember, but it just it was it was it was a tough game to watch. But yeah, brutal. Anyway. Well, now that we lost all of our listeners from Yeah, I've I've expelled the demons from me. <laughs> uh the flame and yon only partially makes up uh Hal Steinbrenner. Get a better team on the field. <laughs> well, I will I will say real quick for anyone who's watching, notice the jersey's back on because guess who won their week one matchup? Penn State took the victory in Wisconsin. Nice. Came home. Wisconsin's up, good, aren't they? Yep, they were. Wisconsin was number twelve. Now Penn State's number eleven in the country. Rankings came out today. They got, they got the All same right. record as the Syracuse Orange. They won on the road as well. True story. I'll give you that. I'm not going to say anything. No, uh, Penn State <laughs> well, actually had a quality State. win. That's awesome. <laughs> yep, big big road win. Um, all right, so I want to start with a different topic than normal uh, because we we talk about random things here. Um, I just finished binging a 9-11 docuseries on Hulu. And uh, so this episode is going to come out on 9-9, two days before the 20th anniversary of 9-11. And um, I would just love to hear, we were all the same age, not in the same school. Two of us were in the same school. One of us was not. Um, I, I would love for everyone to just tell what how they found out and what their reaction was. Because I think when you hear mine, you won't be surprised, <laughs> but I would love to hear. I don't know if we've ever talked about this, like literally uh, the three of us. So this will be new. Yeah, I don't know if we have. That's funny. Um, I do remember. Uh, so this is seventh grade. I was in uh, 
Colin, one of our favorite teachers, Mr. Shippy's social studies class. Shippy. Yep. Nice. I was in Shippy's social studies class and I remember he's my soccer he, coach. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's and the he, connection. Yeah. Right. And he must have just heard about it, however, and I remember like in class he turned the TV on. Hold on yeah. one second before yeah. you get too detailed. Bring her out. We have a guest appearance. Guest appearance. Round of applause, everyone. Round of applause. Four. Yay. Come on. Come on. Maybe. Maybe she's clapping for you. There she is. There she is. Yay. I just had a good look. Whoa. Delicious. Get the microphone. Can you say hi? Can you say hi? Grandma says it's out of your stash, Ethan. It's out of my stash. <laughs> I did always have one of those when I would come over. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. She's going to turn it off. I know. Say hi. Oh, Say good night. All right. All right, Stella, you're not bringing much to the table, so you can leave. <laughs> you going to point to them again? Can you say adios? Can you wave adios? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> she kind of pointed. That was oh, look at, Yeah, look at that. Like smile. a little smirk. Yeah, a little yeah. smirk there. That was good. <laughs> Yeah. And our ratings are going to go through the roof now. Oh, so yeah, babies. exactly. Cute baby. Hannah babies. will tune in. Yeah. Bye-bye. <gasps> Say bye-bye. Bye, Stella. Say goodnight, Dad. Night, Bambino. Love you. <laughs> bye, Toddy. <laughs> All right. Back back to Shippy. Yeah, so I was in um, I was in Mr. Shippy's social studies class, seventh grade, um, and I remember he just turned the TV on, and so we had like you know I'm sure we, one of the main news channels, whatever it was. Was this in the morning um, or the afternoon? I feel like it was the afternoon. Um, I don't think it was late, late afternoon. I feel like it was like mid middle of the school day, but I, I could be wrong. That's just kind of what my memory seems to think. Um, I remember being more confused than anything. I think at the time. I don't think, uh, and I, I think it had to do with like our age. I'm sure there were plenty of us who who probably didn't understand what exactly was going on immediately. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think we obviously we we knew quickly. Like we we you know we knew within you know probably later that day, or the the adults probably already really understood it. But I remember just being like, wait, what? Like airplanes like flew into the buildings? Like what the fuck? Like what happened? Um, so yeah, it was. It was surreal, and it's equally surreal that it's already been twenty years that it doesn't. That seems that seems insane, but yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that was what it was for me. Go ahead, man. Go on next. Uh, I got I got a couple really vivid memories that day. Number one, it was delivered to me. It was in fourth period, right before the class started. I don't know if you guys encountered Jim Zemotel. Yeah. Um, he was the backup goalie on the high school hockey team. Goofy guy, really nice guy, really goofy. He was one that was like. Terrorists just crashed planes into the World Trade Center and the Pentagon. And he said the White House, too. And I just remember, like, what? Like, you're joking. Right? He's like, no, I'm serious. And that was really weird, number one, because I, mean, I didn't normally believe what he said. But How did he know all of that without social media? I don't, I don't yeah. know. But then it was we were just starting fourth period English class when this is the lady. And I remember what was, what was really actually concerning as a kid is she would not talk about it. She did not say anything about it. Everyone in the class was buzzing about these crazy rumors of what happened. And she just went on. I mean, which to her credit, she probably just wanted to get through, like keep things normal. Let's not panic. There's nothing we can do anyway. But like at that Bush. point, every, the cat was out of the bag. Like everyone wanted to know something was going on. And she's like, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to go read, you know, talk about Huck Finn or whatever we were talking about that day. Um, but then getting 
later in the day, like still not knowing what's going on for another couple periods. And then after lunch, we had like a 15 minute just study hall period. And that was with the social studies teacher and him just putting on the news and saying like, you need to watch this and you need to remember this day guys, because this is going to change your lives forever. Wow. Uh, so it was pretty poignant. The other really, really vivid memories I have, there's two other ones that day. Um, number one, coming back from a bathroom break and seeing a girl being led down the hall by which I, who I assume is her mother just in like shambles and tears. Um, because her father, something to do with someone in her family. I don't know if it was her father or not, but was either on, you know, on a flight through, you know, through New York or Boston or whatever, you know, something to do with the flights or the towers um, where her father, she had not heard from her father yet. Uh, and then um, getting home from school that day because football practice was canceled and hearing the F-16s, um, which is also kind of weird, but uh, having lived within uh, a mile of uh, an airport almost all my life, um, you know, we got used to, I was, I grew up in, as an Air Force brat for a couple of years, at least, um, getting used to that. That was a normal sound, but still like remembering that day, like, oh, wow, there's a lot of fighter jets up today. Like, that's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, so the, the Air National Guard wing in Syracuse was the first one scrambled down to provide air cover when they took all planes out of the sky in New York City. So Well, either I wasn't listening or all of my teachers did not know either, or they decided not to tell us, but I had no idea uh, that anything was going on the entire day. Holy shit. Okay. And Ethan, I don't know if you remember this, but at one point the principal came on the loudspeaker and said something like, you're all going to be okay. Blah, blah, blah. So something oh, was I like don't a, remember that. Okay. It's like a real quick one minute thing. Had no idea what he was talking about i was playing soccer soccer practice got canceled i thought it was the weirdest thing it was just like it was in new york that day clear sunny skies you know pretty warm and, and everything and we had just started middle school you know the week before the week before yep um i had never gone home on the bus yet because <laughs> we had the bus and so i had my cello with me and i had to figure out how to find the bus to get home <laughs> once i found out that practice was canceled still no idea what's going on i get home i turn on the tv and i beep my mom my mom had a beeper <laughs> still <laughs> uh because that was the thing we always did when, when we got home and um she called me and she's like do you know what's happening and <clears throat> as she's saying that to me i turned the tv on like i said and immediately I turned on ESPN news. Cause like ESPN news was like kind of new. Then it was 24 seven sports. And I was, as I am a big sports junkie. And so that's what I turned on. And I see that they're showing these planes hitting the buildings. I don't, I don't even think I knew what the world trade center buildings were prior to that. Um, I remember her trying to explain it to me on the phone. Didn't really sink in. I think I, I, I know I went for a haircut with my brother, Danny uh, later that day. Cause like we didn't have any time usually cause we were both playing soccer and, and everything. We went for a haircut in Bayberry Plaza, like right down the street in my parents' neighborhood. Um, and they had it on all the TVs there, but the, you know, they were giving out haircuts still um, and everything. And I don't even know how old I was before I truly realized what had happened. I, I just know I was, I was more confused and concerned with trying to find the bus. Cause I had never taken the bus to get home. Literally never in my entire life 
because Ethan knows we lived so close to the elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, found my way home, found out everything, but I don't even remember what it, how old I was until I actually knew, you know, what, what was going on, but de- definitely yeah. still weird when you, you sit back and think about it. Yeah. And Kyle, I think you're right. Like talking about this with, with both of you guys, I don't think we've ever talked about this and we have all been like really close friends for a really long time. It's kind of, it's kind of funny that this has never come up. I'm, I'm a little surprised. Not, I mean, not a big deal or whatever, but I think you're right about that. My mom's yeah. cheers in, in the, in the back. She's, she's now listening to me talk. She can't hear anything because yeah. of the headphones. Well, send her, send her my love after the episode for our listeners, me, me and Colin's mom, we have a, we have a very special relationship. So she uh she she yells at me when i'm being <laughs> what'd she say Ethan behaves. <laughs> she said, she said something like perfect that. timing perfect timing because <laughs> i was just gonna say like when i am getting really really if i'm playing colin and matt know that um i get very competitive um and one of the things that i get most competitive in is is beer pong and um i will <laughs> i i use inappropriate language all the time obviously anybody who has listened to this knows that but when i'm doing when i'm doing beer pong and i have some drinks in me it's like it's like on steroids, and uh, and Colin's mom is always like really good natured about it though. She's like she's very funny. She'll just like she'll hear me like saying some really nasty stuff, and she'll just be like, "Ethan," and then but she, then you can like tell she's laughing or whatever, and so it's fine. But uh, anyways, she's the best. Slow is just right if you're on vacation, a sloth, or describing QuickBooks. More like slow books. It sucks you in and slows you down with manual processes, integration difficulties, and glitchy delays that leave you scrambling for the numbers you need. Now is the time to make the switch to NetSuite by Oracle, the number one financial system, because NetSuite gives you visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, e-commerce, and more. It's everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time, no matter how big your business grows. Failing to switch to NetSuite will leave you stuck trying to make sense of your books while your competitors sprint ahead. 93% of surveyed businesses increased visibility and control since switching to NetSuite. And right now, special financing is back. NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financial program only for those ready to switch today. Head to netsuite.com slash bluewire right now. Get special financing at netsuite.com slash bluewire one more time, netsuite.com slash bluewire. Hey guys, looking for a betting advantage this football season? You need to download BetQL, the only app you'll need to compare betting odds and make smart bets. Their best bet computer model scans over 350,000 unique bets per year to give you a best bet recommendation for every game across all major sports and gives you the reasoning behind why you should place the bet. Their model covers everything from spreads, over-unders, and player prop bets. Don't want to use this model and prefer to do the research yourself? Well, BetQL has all the necessary tools for your betting research needs. Tools like line movement and sharp data on who the pros are backing, team summaries highlighting previous success against the spread and over-under, team lineup breaking news and injury status updates, and leaderboards to track how you stack up against others and to view your winning streaks. Better data, better bets. Head to the App Store or Google Play Store now to download BetQL. You can also head to try.betql.co slash BlueWire to get started now. Enter the discount code BlueWire at payment checkout for 25% off any of their subscription offerings. 
Make sure to check out their offers page to find a special offer to receive a full free year of BetQL. Don't miss out on the chance to gain your betting advantage during this football season. The All right. All right. Let's go to uh, from one pretty serious topic to a more fun one. Uh, tomorrow, finally, is the Hall of Fame induction for a number two, Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. Any of you guys going last minute? I wish. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm driving to Connecticut. Cooperstown, I guess, wouldn't be super yeah. far away, but... Uh, it's along the way. Yeah. Check it out. Uh-huh. I... I got, it's gonna be it's really, gonna be jam packed. Yeah, and I don't really I don't think going to an induction ceremony, regardless of who it's for, doesn't really hold that much appeal for me. To be honest with you, um, yeah, it could be fun. I mean, it wasn't a baseball induction ceremony, but I saw I saw Metallica inducted into the Rock Hall. Yeah, but was That's there like a performance? Cool. Was there like a concert component? Yeah, yeah, See, that would be cool. The, yeah, uh, but I, I, why am I gonna why am I gonna go sit at, at the Hall of Fame and listen to a bunch of old athletes like give like basic platitude speeches? Like I don't I don't need to listen to that. Well, sometimes they say good things. Who was who was the one? Uh, was it was it uh, Hank Aaron or someone that said something about the the black managers in, in baseball during? Oh no, it was Ted Williams said something in his Hall of Fame speech about that there needs to be more black players who became coaches and managers or something. And he had had it in his original hall of fame script and they told him to cut it out. And he just said, fuck you anyways, and did it. Um, well, that's cool. I don't, I don't think I knew that. That's very cool. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Teddy ball game. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're right. Even for the most part, it is you know probably worthless to hear what they have to say, but yeah. I don't know. I hope, you know, Jeter, uh, he's got a lot of history attached to him. You know, yeah. pretty, pretty uh, crazy, good, good experience in New York. Like, yeah, I mean, um, he had a magical career, no doubt. And I'm not trying to be like a, a cynical dick or whatever. It just it just doesn't hold that much appeal to me just as a general rule. But like, I don't I'm not, you know, I'm not judging people who would really enjoy it, you know? Yeah. Can I have that as a soundbite for my phone? Like, I'm not trying to be a cynical dick or whatever. <laughs> just just to like hit a button so I can like play that for you occasionally <laughs> Matt I don't know if you've gotten to these episodes yet because I know you start listening to the scrubs podcast but you know how they like put together all those ringtones of like what oh yeah Donald oh, yeah. Faison and, and Zach Braff say like that's exactly what we could do I'm 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 almost caught up there they, they finally got the little soundboard where you can hit like the oh yeah the, uh, the, little, the little snippets we need to do that for this podcast it'd be great <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a, little, uh... a little toodle of Ethan on his trumpet there you know <laughs> you, you toodle your trumpet right that's how I that's do toodle do. it yes um, I'm very I, good at all sorts of toodling actually <laughs> <laughs> maybe have maybe have Stel making some baby noises um you know, we could we could we could mimic the Scrubs podcast and get uh, Toddy recorded saying, "Ethan, I love you." Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> on the Scrubs podcast, Ethan, they've got a Donald Faison's wife recorded saying, "Zach, I love you" to Zach Braff, and it's uh, oh, that's great. pretty funny. But. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know why you haven't listened to that yet, Ethan, since you're a Scrubs fan too. But yeah, no, I know. I'll, I just I rarely listen to podcasts. I pretty much listen to the podcast and that's it. But I probably will listen to it at some point. Matt and I actually listened to some of it when we were driving um, to your place and back for Memorial Day. And I did really enjoy it. And I do love Scrubs. So I'll, I'll probably check it out at some point. Yeah, we did like half an hour. It was fun. Yeah. 
You got a long drive coming up. A lot of episodes. Put it on two speed. Well, I've got, I got more than a long drive. I mean, I got several days of constant driving. So, so yeah. And actually, Jeremy would be into that, too, because he loves Scrubs. So, yeah, maybe maybe we will do some of that. It's a good idea. I was going to say, does he like all the high fantasy books you listen to? or? Um, he, he, he likes Stephen King a lot. Um, I don't, he doesn't read, I don't think quite as much, uh, in the fantasy realm. Um, but he, yeah, he would definitely do the Scrubs podcast, I think. So yeah, we might have to do that. We also both really like, um, Avatar, the last airbender. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have any Avatar fans in, in our listening, uh, audience, but there's also a podcast about that that we might check out. But I, I feel like case, there's a lot out there. I feel like I was the only person oh, so in college that I went, where I went that didn't like Avatar. So oh, I, just not, I didn't, didn't like it. I just never watched it. Yeah, you should you should try it. It's uh, it's on Netflix now. And Jeremy, so Jeremy watched it originally when it aired back like 2005 to 2008. And he was like the target audience, you know, and he loved it back then. And as soon as it came to Netflix, like a while back, he kept telling me, he's like, dude, you need to watch this show. It's one of my favorites. It's one of the best, blah, 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 blah. And I finally did it. And I've actually watched the entire series twice um, since COVID. It's not super long. It's three seasons, but it's fucking awesome. I mean, it's a kid's show, but like, it's it's so good um in terms of it's funny and it also is really really good about sort of like presenting morality and integrity um to kids in like in like a really good way the characters grow in really cool and satisfying ways great great show so not not to veer too far off topic Callan. sorry but ethan have you watched rick and marty yet I just actually before this, I just watched the ninth episode. Me, <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. So I'll probably do the tenth later. Actually, yeah. Um, yeah. So I just did the ninth. It was it was good. It was fine. That's why he was like Colin. Yeah. Well, I just you know I'm just I'm I I'm always late. I just yeah. you got to make sure you're the bottom screen and the little windows here. Well, right. see, but what's funny is I'm the I'm the middle window on my side though, so I don't know. I don't know how it works. Yeah. It comes from yeah. my recording. I'm always in the top right uh, if I'm looking at the computer. Matt's always in the top left because he always shows up second. Or sometimes first, even. But I, I as the host, move to the right and uh, to yeah. the left. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, Rick and Morty, by the way, I that is a show I do need to catch up on. Um, yes, so, you do. Yeah. It's an amazing show. Yeah, for sure. Uh, give me, uh, outside of your feelings about the Hall of Fame inductions, uh, give me your top Derek Jeter moment in terms of memory. Ooh, I mean, for me, it's easy. Um, it's not It's not important to his career, but it was, It was. you know, it's easily the, the biggest Jeter memory I have. So the three of us, uh, for those who are listening, the three of us were at Derek Jeter's final home game at Yankee Stadium in 2014. And um, for those who don't know, the Yankees were not that good that year. They were pretty mediocre. They did not make the playoffs. But um, this game, I think, was it the Orioles? I want to say yep. the Orioles. So yep. they were losing, but it was close. Or actually, they were winning. Then the Orioles, like, tied yep. it up. Yeah, Steve think. Pierce. Steve Pierce yeah. home run. And so it was like late in the game that it got tied up. And we knew that Jeter was due for an at-bat, I think, in the ninth, right? I'm pretty sure we knew. And, um, and yeah, so he ended up uh, getting the getting the game-winning hit. He had an RBI single that won the game. Um, and, of course, just like 
even though the Yankees didn't make the playoffs, uh, that was they like the had just been capstone. eliminated the day before, so we knew oh, they okay. weren't going to make the playoffs anyway. Right, but that's like the perfect capstone to his career. Like, I, it's something about that guy. Like, he got he got like sprinkled with some fucking magic pixie dust when he was born or something. <laughs> I mean, just like everything that could go right in his career went right pretty much. And uh, and so like to have your final home game like have that happen. I mean, it was it was a pretty incredible moment to. Um, to like be there in the audience, in the crowd. And I just remember the energy was so good the whole entire game. But I remember like when that happened, the feeling of like 50,000 fans, just like euphoria. Um, really cool. Really cool thing. I don't know if I've got a, a specific moment, um, but I'll say my my formidable years as a Yankees fan. Um, I don't know if he's my, my grandpa's favorite player, but he was my grandpa really, really liked Derek Cheater. And so yeah, I, I still remember like we would go, we would spend a week with my grandparents every summer um, and we would like sit out by the fire and listen to the game on the radio. And just like, I, I just really, really remember those times. I remember my grandpa really liking that new young Derek Jeter kid. Um, <laughs> Cause back, back in the day, who's, you know, still a, a 21 you know, year old rookie. Yeah. Brand new to the team, but that face of the franchise type guy. Uh, I will say it was pretty magical. The, um, to, to list another last game that we went to, the Moe's last game, to see uh, Jeter and Pettit and someone else with them, or was it just Jeter and Pettit and Jorge maybe? Andy. And, yeah, Jeter, Pettit, and who else? Oh, Pettit. Um, Is it Jorge? For, no, for Rivera? Yeah. Jorge retired. Um, yeah. Anyway, seeing them, you know, yeah. Jeter was, was one of the guys that yeah. went out in the field and took, took Mariano out of the game. For his last game at Yankee Stadium, and to see Mariano, like Great first guy. of all, I got this huge, huge face on him when when they started walking out of the dugout, and then to see him cry uh, and embrace the guys and cry, um, that was probably the most special moment I've seen. Um, that was that was incredible. Yeah, yeah, I think um, Ethan probably stole mine because uh, how do you beat something in person? you know, yeah. like that. So I'll just say there were a number. Of, I mean, I loved when Jeter would do the pump fist at shortstop when they would win a game. I loved how he would, after hitting a single round first base and clap his hands and then, you know, walk back. He had these you know, little things that were really great. But I think, um, you know, maybe we were a victim of uh, being spoiled, you know, as we talk about all the time yeah. as Yankee fans, uh, I have so much more of an appreciation for him now. And I did toward, you know, the later years too, especially after he got hurt and, you know, definitely wasn't the same player. And we knew the end was near um, his presence though, alone. I think it's the biggest thing that I, re I remember him. Mean, he was so dependable. So he was there all the time, played every, you know, as, as much as he could, he was on the field. Um, and he was the, that, that leadership that he had, you know, I know, I don't think everyone agrees totally with the way that he handled everything, you know, but who, who does it all right? Like nobody does. And, you know, I think for the overwhelming majority of his time, he was a great leader and he was a fantastic representation of the New York Yankees and of major league baseball. Um, and I think he's going to be one of those people if, you know, we're fortunate to have him for the next, you know, 20, 30 years. And, um, you know, he comes back to old timers day or something. He's going to get those standing ovations that Joe DiMaggio got that Mickey Mantle 
you know, got and he's going to be revered and, you know, rightfully so because he was that type of player, but it was a totally different era of baseball where like the, the mythic figure of Derek Jeter isn't quite as big as it was for Mickey Mantle. But I think the impact that he had on the organization was probably just as big, if not greater um, than, you know, some of those players. So that that's what really stands out for me. I mean, I'm hopeful they'll have another <laughs> player like that sometime in our lifetime. But um, I mean, we got lucky to see Jeter and then probably have a really close second in, in Rivera. Um, you know, at the same time, that's pretty incredible. Yeah. In today's day and age, you know, when, T, when uh, Robinson Cano you know, comes to mind is uh, again, I don't know if Robinson <laughs> Cano has the, has the Derek Jeter because of everything that we know now. And he's, he's suspended this season for PED and everything, but like, he, you know, he didn't even stick around after that first contract was up, and you know, well, the, the Yankees chose not to. Well, they they offered him. No, they offered him a contract. Years. He just took a yeah, but deal. they cho- they chose not to actually make a serious run at him. Yeah. And by the way, Matt, before you make fart noises at him, uh, Derek Jeter's career WAR, according to Baseball Reference, is seventy one point three. Robbie Cano's career base uh, reference uh, Baseball Reference WAR is sixty nine point six. I didn't. I wasn't. That wasn't in reference to WAR. It was the reference to the fact that. He's tested positive for PEDs twice. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty unimpressive. But I'm just saying, dude's a really good player. I feel like, I feel like when, if, I feel like most baseball fans, if you were to be like, who's better, Derek Jeter or Robinson Cano? I feel like everybody would just be like, Jeter, Jeter, Jeter. And it's like, actually, Cano's yeah, okay. really fucking good. But, and they've this... basically equal careers at this point. How much better would Cano have been if he put the work in and hustled like Jeter did? Uh, uh well, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, just, yeah, I was going to get you guys. So he, he got us both. I was trying to get us both, and he got us that motherfucker. All right. So really quickly, uh, I can't. I can't let this go. I can't let this go. So well, first of all, I was going to be charitable to that because I was going to say if Robbie hadn't missed so many games because of the PED suspensions, he'd already be above Jeter in terms of career WAR. So he's he fucked himself in that way. But in terms of the whole hustle and grit thing, I fucking hate that. This, this whole argument that, like, every baseball – baseball is a marathon. It's incredibly taxing on these guys' bodies over the, over the course of, a, of an entire season. So when you have these people making these arguments that it's some, like, basic game in May where, like, the stakes are not that high in May, okay? You've got time. You've got a long season ahead of you. And then, like, if you hit, like, a really obvious, like, easy grounder to the second baseman and you don't run as fast as you fucking can, you'll get people who are like, oh, that guy's lazy. He was just jogging. It's like, it's a long-ass fucking season. He hit a really easy grounder to the second baseman. He, do- he doesn't need to bust his ass every single fucking time. He's gonna, he, you keep doing that, you might pull your hamstring, and then, and then it's all for naught. So that whole argument is, is ugh, it's, it's hey, a waste of time. Games in May count the same in the standings as games in September. I'm not saying they're not worth winning, but I'm just saying that there are plenty of plays where it is not necessary for a player to be giving 110%. Yeah, I mean, think about think about in the NBA, all the plays that LeBron takes off on defense to preserve his body. You know, the way that he plays defense. And, and I mean, people talk about it, but they don't talk about it the same way. This, this is another classic baseball thing where people are like, you know, baseball is this holy grail of, of hustle, of like stats matter, of everything, blah, blah, blah. Like it doesn't matter in other sports that, that these things happen. In, in the same way, even the PEDs, yeah. like nobody, nobody cares in other yeah. sports, but baseball fans are so weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, the, the one thing that's really interesting, this, this is a, you know, Jeter related thing 
his you know, two highly revered Yankees, Jeter and Don Mattingly, were victims, I think, of, of their work ethic, where they kind of grinded their bodies into the ground. Obviously, Jeter lasted longer than Donnie did, but when he broke that ankle, I mean, he was he was done after 2012. Like, he was just never the same. He couldn't come back in 2013, and then you know, he was done in 2014. But at that point, Jeter was like LeBron. He's like, I want to keep playing. You know, all these years and his body totally gave out and you know donnie baseball they would talk about he would be in the cage you know constantly hitting and i i can't help but think that that had something to do with his back problems like you know it's at a certain point you just overwork yeah. your body like you know year after year after year after year yeah exactly our bodies are like a finite resource like it's not it's not unlimited you don't you don't have unlimited swings or throws in your body you know what i mean like eventually your body is going to break down no matter what substances you're taking you know no matter if it's hot dogs from babe ruth or natural light and mickey mantle right <laughs> or, or what natural. was it for what was it for boggs uh, fried chicken fried ch- well fried chicken. fried chicken but the other the other fried chicken a bucket of kfc before every game but the other rumor is uh, the other story is that on team flights back he would pound a whole case of beer he yeah, would really? sit there with a case of bush and just drink the whole thing. Have you guys Jesus never seen Christ. that episode of Always Sunny? I don't know. Which one? There's an episode on Always Sunny where their goal is to break the record of beers drank on the plane held by Wade Boggs. Oh, that's hilarious. I don't think I've seen that episode. I need <laughs> to find that. That's amazing. Yes, I can't is... believe they did an episode about that. Notorious. <laughs> that's fucking so just, just funny. Pounding them. Okay. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. So funny. Uh, definitely got to look at it. All right. Well, I was going to ask something else about Jeter, but I think we banged that into the ground. So I mean, I'm just happy. I got a, a rile out of you guys. That's, that's all <laughs> I'm going for. Uh-huh. Yeah. You, you know how to push those buttons. That's, that's for sure. Oh man. All right. I got a trivia and then we got a mailback question. I don't I, know if we're going to, you guys are going to have to look up what the trivia answer is. Cause I, I don't know what this is. Uh, I'd be surprised if you know, but uh, this comes from cousin Greg and he wants to know if we know the only player to finish their career with 3000 plus hits and have the same exact number of hits on the road as he had at home. Ooh, I feel like I've heard this before. Early guess would be Tony Gwynn, but my um, guess is Roberto Clemente. My guess, no, Roberto Clemente had like exactly 3000. He had exactly 3000. Yeah, that'd be really hard. To have to, I, would I guess it would say be. George Brett. Uh, uh, all right, let's go to splits for Tony Gwynn first. Splits, 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 splits. Got to go away from the camera, guys. Sorry. You can see me, but I can't see you. Good. Splits, career splits so for equal, Tony Gwynn. hits on the road and, uh, and, and at, at home. home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, well, Tony Gwynn had an odd number of hits, so I'm already lost. But he had... 1,555 hits on the at home and 1,586 on the road. So I am close with him. That was real close. George Brett. Here we go, George Brett. Splits. By the way, here's a plug while I'm searching everyone. Baseballreference.com is a wonderful website for baseball nerds. I'm sure uh, you home can away. just Google the answer and find it. Well, that's what I uh, that's what I did. I Googled it, and I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not getting it. Uh, um, 1637 at home for George Brett, and 1517 for away for George Brett. Colin, you got another? Or Ethan, what's your what's your guess? 
Well, I had said Roberto Clemente, which, oh. which is not a good guess because he had 3,000 hits in his career, and there's no way he had 1,500 each, I don't think. That seems highly unlikely. Yeah, that would, that would be crazy. I love that when you look up Wade Boggs' stats, he's got batting and pitching stats because he every once in a while. <laughs> no, Boggs is much better at home. Man, who else? Well, who else? Did, did you look years. at Clemente, though, just out of curiosity? No, not yet. I will. Yeah, Boggs had the monster all those years in Fenway. Yeah, mm, yeah, right. Just Why the fuck am I not wall? finding this? I wonder. I wonder I if um, it. it's like someone wouldn't think of like a power hitter like uh, Bonds, right? Bonds had three thousand hits, right? No, Ethan, you were close. Fifteen twenty-eight to fourteen seventy-two. Wow. Um, all right, much closer. Almost as close as me. That's yeah. a good guess. All right. Um, Matt, what was your guess, and what was it again? What were his numbers? Tony Gwynn. Yeah, and what were Gwynn's? Uh, so his were... Can I make him go back to the page? Sorry, everyone. Sorry. No, I can do it. Sorry. I, I, I have... uh, 1555 and 1586. Okay. So I was off by uh, 31. Man, that dude was a fucking wizard. Yeah. Uh, Who else we got? Let's, let's rattle off. A-Rod, Jeter... Yeah. Um, Paul Molitor. Paul Molitor. Uh, did Ripken get to 3,000? Yep. He did. Uh, uh, Jeter, no, more at home. 1810 to 1655. Um, what about uh, Ichiro? Oh, Ichiro. Ichiro Suzuki. He hits the ball everywhere. So uh, close-ish, 1510 to 1579. Close-ish, okay. Um, um, what about Stan Musial? Um, you might need to, to, to Here, I'll, expedite I'll this. Yeah, so you might need to start we're helping. Both, we're both looking it up. This is making for really exciting listening for uh, yeah, I know. everybody. Dang it, in Colin, but maybe next a, time. we got to put we this can't, on Colin. we, we need got to pre-look up the answer. Yeah, Greg, Greg, you fucked us right now. We because we cannot, we cannot not find this answer now. So. Yeah, uh, uh, Paul Molitor, sixteen seventy six to sixteen forty three, so close to. Um, Wait, where's as, the splits button on the uh, thingy? Um, if you look at uh, Pete, you go to Pete Rose overview or well, it, whoever they're over blank blank overview. It's a minor league stats, manager stats, and then splits, and it's a drop down menu, and you go to career. Um, Pete Rose. Oh, whew, wow. He was close. Was he? 2,123 at home, 2,133 on the on the road. Damn. Okay. I'm going to go Ty Cobb next, Ethan, because that's the book that your uh, dad let me borrow and read. Yeah, right. Ty Cobb. Colin, if it's something like George Sisler, I'm going to be really upset. So wait, but none of us know the answer, right? Presumably no. Greg does. Colin, are you texting him to I have him just did, give yeah. us the answer? All right. I just did. <laughs> so we can we can come back to it, see if he uh if he answers. Oh, there it is. Hold on. Uh wait. Oh, it's probably just on Wikipedia. Um I can't believe it's not a basic Google search. I know. I was pretty surprised and i worded it a couple different ways too um man there's a lot on the list oh um 
Man, I, I hope it's not oh, someone like Biggio or Palmero. Your boy got it. Your boy got it. Stan Musial, 1815 and 1815. Dang. When I saw his name and I saw the even number, like I, for some reason I was like, I feel like maybe it was him. I feel like I've heard that before. Uh, sometime maybe years ago that happened. But yeah, Stan Musial. Wow. How many hits did he have? Um, 3630. Oh, wow. 3,630. So yeah. He had a shit ton. Yep. Stanislaw yeah. Franciszek, usual. Stanley yeah. Frank. Dude had, he had 128.7 career war. He had, he had an insane career. Now, granted, baseball back then, as we know, was very different and not nearly as competitive as, as baseball in the quote unquote modern era as we think of it. But still, he, he was, uh, he was really incredible. I mean, you know, you, you can get some sideways numbers back then. Ty Cobb was 151. 151 war oh yeah 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 wow yeah and i mean the babe was like 183 or something yep you know? yep yeah. yep um yeah no it was insane i mean well we because we've i remember colin and i like every once in a while so you know when we were growing up and we would like hang out and watch games together we'd usually have our laptops on us and we would like go on baseball reference a lot and uh i know like every once in a while and matt i'm sure we've done this with you over the years just when it's like been a while, we'll go and we'll look at like some of these players' pages just to remind ourselves of the stats. And when you look at like Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig or even I'm looking at Musial right now, it, I mean, it looks like video game shit. Like you don't see numbers like that anymore where like the OPSs are like 1,100 and 1,200. I mean, Babe Ruth's career slugging percentage, this is one of my favorite stats, his career slugging percentage is 690. People, people nowadays like lead the league in slugging if they're maybe at like 600. His fucking career slugging was 690 for his, you know. So the game was just so different back then. But it's like sometimes when you look at those numbers, it's just it's mind blowing. It's just it's so foreign. Yeah, I, I do still think, and I know we've gone down this rabbit hole before. And we'll go down it again, maybe on another podcast. But I really would love to see how, like. Would would Babe Ruth shit his pants against a Randy Johnson slider? Like, oh God, yeah, like, absolutely, dude. Like, I mean, not only was it you know ninety five miles an hour and it would start at your ear and end at the other batter's box, but Randy Johnson's a scary looking dude. Yeah, you know, yeah, all Super jacked up tall. on Rush, just in fucking six ten, <laughs> yeah, you know, six ten, listening to Rush before games and yeah, getting angry with you. Yeah, no, listen, I love baseball history as much as anybody. You guys know that. But, like, Babe, Lou, any of those guys, they'd be fucking nothing yeah. in the modern game. They would be lost. Pedro just fucking throwing a beanball right at Babe. Yeah, that's <laughs> I'm your daddy. Quote, like, right? Yeah. 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 But seriously, <laughs> like, like, and this is no offense to those guys, but, like, they, the game was just so, so different. I mean, they've never seen anything like what, what pitchers are now. Even, even an average pitcher right now, would would be totally unbelievable, like a fucking alien to them. You know what I mean? I mean, those guys threw junk ball and uh, junk balls and shit. Like they did spitters and they did all sorts of crazy shit or whatever. But in terms of, like, you talk about like velocity and spin rates and like the overall movement and shit that people get on like sliders these days. I mean, it's you know, it's just it's a totally different world. Whole new ball game. Yeah, exactly. All right, ready so what to else we got? We got a couple mailbag. Yeah. All right. Our mailbag question comes from Melissa and she wanted to know, so she was referencing the episode with Ben uh, the diff and the difficulties that the restaurant businesses are having. And uh, somebody made a comment that 
people seem to me more rude or mean than usual, you know, coming out of this pandemic. And uh, she said, this is something I've been spent, I've spent a lot of time thinking about and would love to hear your opinions on why do you think after the experience, after, I'm sorry, I can't read, after experiencing the shutdown of everything that people have emerged more rude, demanding, et cetera. I know I've experienced it with being on the road and am intrigued by your thoughts. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't don't know. Go ahead. Yeah. I have my answer and it's and it's dark and cynical. So I'm going to go first so that we don't end with my dark and cynical take. Um, It's because humans are weak and shitty, basically. Um, And I truly believe that, like even in good times, like even in good times, not even not even coming out of a pandemic, I think I think that humans are just like emotionally and intellectually weak. And I think that most people, when they have had a rough go of it, um, rather than trying to just like better themselves and be as kind as possible to other people, they, they take it out on other people. Um, and so I think that's what you have. I think you have, everybody is like really burnt out. It was, it's been an incredibly difficult year and a half. Um, now some people to, to Melissa's credit, and I'm sure she's one of them, um, I think there are people who are maybe more like us who are like, who realize how difficult it's been and who are maybe trying to be extra kind and like give bigger tips to the restaurant people and all of that. Um, but I think you have plenty of people who, who just aren't thinking like that. They're thinking, Hey, the world's open again, you know, get a fucking job. And if you're not doing it the way I want you to do it, then you're a shitty, you're shitty and you're lazy and you're, you're scum and whatever. Um, so yeah, I just, I, I have pretty low standards. Uh, I have a low bar for humanity. And so to me, this is literally just humanity being right exactly, being exactly where I would expect them to be. Man, I wish I so had my, my button from earlier. Like, I don't know about <laughs> being cynical. No, I'm just kidding. But. Well, I mean, I am. I wasn't trying to be one earlier, but like, I will, I freely admit that I am. But I, I'm also not saying this just to be inflammatory. Like, I honestly, I honestly believe it. So that's my take. Sorry, Melissa. I read an interesting uh, stat the other day. Uh, it was in an article about the increase in uh, FAA complaints, uh, you know, or instances of rowdy and unruly passengers. Uh, so interestingly enough, in 2019, actually, it was all like this was already a problem in 2019. Um, so belligerence and rudeness and uh, failure to comply with rules was already ticking up back then. Um, however, it seems like it's been juiced by the, you know, in the last year and a half, um, you know, in, in the case of flights, I know flight attendants are talking about people just getting loaded at the airport um, being a big part of it. Um, I, I do, I do want to say there's been, in my opinion, kind of a um, amplification of really, really radical rhetoric, whether it's political or otherwise, and a hyper partisanship and hyper politicization politicization of everything. Oh, that's, a word. that's true, actually. Yeah, that's a great um, point. That's definitely a part of this. Yeah. And I think especially in the in the let's say last five years, um a lot of these behaviors of rudeness or again like hyper aggressiveness have been and this is what's scary to me is normalized. I think um you know I, despite despite everyone's wishing that it's not i think it's it's almost you know like the, the shamelessness that you know it's okay to be an asshole people don't care anymore 
um, you know, it's become more, I don't want to say it's not, it's not more acceptable, but it's become more normalized. Um, you know, part of me wants to say potentially this wasn't happening or this, this has always been happening and it's now just being captured on camera and on, on, you know, and we have the internet. So yeah. So like yeah. everything, you know, so like yeah, everything. K- is Karen's didn't just, you know, start showing up these past, you know, five years. We just right. started documenting it better. Uh, and that goes, um, and I hate to, to keep going this way that that goes even, even more so to say for racism um, that didn't just happen, start happening recently. It's just being documented now. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I just, I, you know, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pointing to anyone in particular, any political party. I'm just saying, I think this, uh, this, this, you know, I don't know, again, radicalization maybe isn't, but aggressiveness has just been kicked into overdrive. So that's frustrating. And then again, you had what you said that you had all the frustrations and the stress and um, the upheaval and the uncertainty and the fact that a lot of people are still scared about stuff like the pandemic. And that just uh, yeah. makes it worse. I would, and I would add just one thing to that too, um, to Matt's point. So he's talking about how all of this stuff has always been there, but it's kind of been like exacerbated. And I think that's exactly right. I think another component of it, at least here in America, is that America is sort of alone, at least among sort of the quote unquote, like rich developed countries of the world. America is sort of alone Boris. in the fact that, hey, Boris, in the fact that America um, emphasizes and values individual individual liberty and freedom above all else it values the individual over community um most other rich countries in the world are more about like the over the overall good um um the the good of everybody um the community and america is not america is is about the primacy of the individual and so i think that that's part of it as well um, when, when, when the very like root of your country's sort of narrative and, and identity is, is selfishness, um, then yeah, you're going to have all of this shit that Matt's, that Matt was talking about. And it's going to get worse as a result of a fucking global pandemic. Ethan, so that's community's only two letters away from communism. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I know. Right. Exactly. Well, that's, you, you know, like, that's, that's funny. And I know you're joking, but like, I'm certain that there are many people who feel that way in this country. I'm certain. Anyways, really, what it is, is uh, I watched like a 30 second clip of Alex Jones today screaming about ivermectin. And holy crap, like, man, man, we can oh, just uh, 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 uh. I, I don't think I'm ever going to, I don't think I'll put myself through that. I don't think I'm going to waste 30 seconds of my life. I'd rather, I'd rather like scratch my butthole for 30 seconds. I don't know. There's just, <laughs> there are way, way more valuable uses of my time. You know, life is finite and it's so fleeting and it's fragile and it's short. I'm not going to spend even a second looking at that fucking guy. Sorry, Colin, go ahead. <laughs> I, I literally have nothing to add <laughs> whatever whatever i'm gonna say is not gonna stand up to what you and and matt just said so. oh come on put a big bow on it all come on <laughs> you yeah because you you guys you always say things so like professionally yeah may, maybe I remember you're the pro you're the author you're the professional podcaster you all are right. the you are the professional motivational speaker <laughs> well thank you for the compliments but yeah I, I mean i get as frustrated as you guys do but i you know sadly i i think we're the minority like there's there's more people like 
you know, Ethan was saying, it's, it's more about individualism than it is about community. We're more about what's in it for me than helping lift up other people. Um, this is nothing new, as you both have pointed out. Um, and I think with the past year, you know, people feel like they've lost a year. And, and so they're like, give me more make up for it catch up and catch up on my asshole quotient you know yeah right exactly yeah Yeah, that's a good point Kyle. well and sorry i I talk a lot so tell me to shut up every once in a while but um to tie it back to the the original mailbag question like you can be critical without being a jerk like and it's a trait that both of you share being former restaurant industry workers and i love going to restaurants with both of you like colin would be like like under his breath like they should have come over and checked on us by now or like you know mm-hmm. that that's not professional they should have been doing something else differently or you know ethan you'll be a little less subtle about it but you'll still say like you know hey that was wrong but like not to not to them you'll just like mention it to me like oh hey man something's wrong they must be you know they must be swamped or hey something's going wrong yeah, or, hey, exactly they're probably slammed um, like just fucking be nice it's a really so you guys job. can be you know you guys can be observant and critical to of you know critical meaning like objective maybe is a better word of 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 this of the service or what's going on but um never once have i heard you like be anything but your most respectful ethan arts talking to the commish voice uh you know level of niceness to service industry workers and you know that's that's not to say that you can't critique or you can't be objective but yeah i mean literally being being a good person costs you nothing it costs you nothing. It costs you effort, though, and that's what I mean about people being intellectually and emotionally weak. When you're in a and when you're like in a bad mood and you've had a hard time of it, trying to be a good person and trying to be really kind, it does. It it requires it requires intellectual and emotional effort, and I think that many people aren't capable of uh, aren't capable of it. That's what I meant about the weakness. But that's that's my opinion on it. But yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. And but Matt, you're you're right and. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Everything, yeah, yeah. everything that you just said, though, I mean, I feel like at least I try to conduct myself like that in every industry, industries that I haven't worked in. And, you know, just can I get I, I get angry, I get annoyed, I get upset with things. I'm, I'm a human being. But at the end of the day, I'm you know, I rarely lose sleep over things. Um, so obviously it can't be that bad. Um, and, you know, the the effort thing. I think, I think that's, that's a good point, Ethan. And I don't know. I don't know what brings it back. I really don't. I, I don't know. If, I don't, maybe we've crossed over that line too far and, you know, there's going to be more people out there like Trump who, um, you know, just loud, obnoxious and get away with it because people won't do anything. And it, be, to stand and up it becomes for it. normalized. Like what Matt was saying, you know, yeah, that's, that's, Let's let's elect leaders that have a massive immigration campaign focused on nice people like Canadians and Dutch and I don't know are the are the are the Swedes like known to be nice I don't know they just seem like a nice you know they recycle a lot maybe that makes them nice I don't know um, but yeah yeah and I and I don't stereotypes there I didn't, there, I didn't mean to uh, to make it all political by dragging Trump huh. into it but if. Anyone knows me, they know I didn't like Trump even before he was Republican or president of the United States. I just always thought he was an asshole and very weird and just a loudmouth blowhard. I mean, yeah. that's what he's been his entire life. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. Well, uh, with that, get your mailbag questions in. Send us 
some nice ratings and reviews, Apple Podcasts preferably, but it will take any platform, even if you just want to text it to us. Uh, we'll, we'll take it. We're running out of things that we can shout people out for. So we need more interaction. We got compliments about our fan interaction. We need more of it. If you want us to keep talking about you, send them along. I don't know. Yeah. Is that a good plea? Shout, shout out. Yeah. Shout out to, uh, to the Landry's in upstate New York for Woo! watching us on the big screen and, uh, married. And yeah, and putting you know putting our ugly mugs on a giant TV. Yeah, uh, seriously, Matt's not Mr. Kidding. Landry. They, they I hope, watch I hope us on a, on a real big screen TV. He's not even. Joking. <laughs> I can't believe like, yeah, it, it's shocking. startling just seeing my face blown up that much on <laughs> they TV. Are, <laughs> they're fucking masochists for doing uh, that. Say that. <laughs> Mr. Landry, uh, I hope you haven't eaten all those jelly crimpets. You, you, if you <laughs> from this area, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and I hope you're healing up nice and well. Ms. Mrs. Landry, I hope uh, your first day of school goes well. Oh, so nice. She hasn't yeah. started school yet. It, it's after the, Labor Day. After Labor Day this week. Yeah, we it's either today or it's today or Thursday. So depending on when they listen to the pod. Yeah, could, I'm so into Southern living. They they started school long ago. My school's already started too. Yeah, but I remember up north, everybody's starting now. Yeah, I already forgot. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> all right good well matt that was really nice because we can end that's a little bit of a nicer note to end on than than the previous <laughs> and butterscotch crimpets are amazing no no I, oh you like the butterscotch, butterscotch. i forgot oh, someone someone so else good. mentioned that you love tasty cake and crimpets i, I sent I jay was telling matt about that. okay oh, yeah, you i love sent... tasty cake right i oh, remember yeah, yeah i, remember oh, talking dude, about that. I yeah. live a mile from the tasty cake or i work a mile from the tasty cake factory mm. I sent yeah. Jay two boxes of jelly crimpets to uh, speed I did his not know that last time we visited. So next time we visit, we will be getting boxes of tasty cakes and bringing them down to the man cave. <laughs> I can always, I can always mail them to you. Don't worry. Coming. <laughs> we have some in the area. I've been able to find them, but I, they have crimpets, but they don't have the, the one I'm really looking for is a chocolate tasty cake with chocolate cream filling in the middle. I've only been able, able to find them in Scran. That's the only place I've ever had them. I'm on the I'm on the case. There we on go. the hunt. Anyone else, if you have tasty cakes, send them to me. You need my address? DM me. That's what we're gonna end on. Say goodbye <laughs> to the podcast. Bye. Adios. I'm Grant Wall, inviting you to check out my award-winning season of American prodigy, Freddie Adu. I talk with teammates, coaches, and the man himself in hopes of understanding what happened to Freddie's soccer career and what we can learn from pinning our hopes on a 14-year-old kid. You can listen to it wherever you're listening to this podcast. Season one of American Prodigy, available now.